everyone, and welcome back into the Bones Booth. We are going over season four, episode 15, The Princess and the Pear. Original air date, February 19th, 2009. We are coming at you every week, going over an episode of Bones. Helping you guys do that. Hi, I'm Maggie, your big time Bones fan. This is Taryn. I'm your other long time Bones fan. This is Andrew. Still here. I'm <laughs> killed. <laughs> this is the first time watching the show. I'll take it. I'll take still here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I was debating. I was debating doing something like medieval, like, but I can't. I can't commit to the bit that enough. Lady. Yeah. Lady. <laughs> I didn't know how to work it in naturally, and just saying the lady just felt gross to me. So. Sir I Andrew. Do it. <laughs> Sir Andrew of Camelot. I there you go. We talked about this before, but everyone should go to medieval times. It's more fun than you think it's going to be. It's <laughs> so much more fun than you think it's going to be, especially like as an not adult. In the area, though, it's like you have to go an hour into Maryland. Yeah, that's the closest one yeah. is by Maryland Live. I, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that there. Oh, I mean, not surprised. Like, I'm not surprised that there isn't one like very close. Like, I wouldn't expect that anybody listening is like, oh yeah, there's a medieval times down the street. Yeah, I would they got to have one like Ashburn. They've got to have what? Honestly, like yeah. locations? Maybe. No, there wouldn't be one in Ashburn. No way. Why not? They would <laughs> never allow that. It's too too tourist trap. There's a Top Golf in Ashburn. Yeah, and an indoor yeah, because they like they like golf there though. That's the <laughs> and indoor skydiving. The, that's part of Top Golf. Is it really? I I, I consider all of those in the they same got, arena. They got they got <laughs> built at the they got built at the exact same time as part of the same development. I think uh. they are technically. They might technically be, I mean, I'm sure they run as two separate businesses, but I think they might yeah. be owned together. They got built at the same time. Mm. Cool. <laughs> so this episode <laughs> was directed by Stephen DePaul and written by Matthew Donlin and Jeremy Martin. Um, Stephen DePaul has directed other episodes like Truth and the Lie, Secret in the Soil, Man in the Outhouse, many others. And... Um, this is the first episode for Matthew and Jeremy and their last, um, sadly, but. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. They went on to direct. Uh, let's see if they were doing that as a pair. No, just um, Matthew went on to direct something called The House That Rob Built, a documentary, as well as a documentary called Prey, the story of Patrick Payton. Mm. Cool. All right. <laughs> he became a documentarian many years after. That's interesting. What a career shift. Maybe that was yeah. his true passion. And he achieved And for it. Jeremy, this was the last thing he did. First and last? Only thing he ever wrote? <laughs> well, he wrote um, an episode of Joan of Arcadia. Oh, that's such a good show. <laughs> that's a great show. I mean, if those are going to be your only two credits, pick two good shows to have them on. Yeah. yeah. I'd be, I'd feel very blessed if I was John, Joe, what was his name? <laughs> Patrick, um, Jeremy, Matthew, and Jeremy. Jeremy, <laughs> got it. <laughs> got there. Got there. <laughs> so Jeremy, his first thing that was that he wrote a sports cast for a Ghost Game. Ghost ship. <laughs> ghost ship. I was thinking, but this looks like we were on a ghost ship last week. <laughs> like a movie. I'm. None of this is important. I'm just very curious about their credits because I know this I'm episode curious. Episode was written like other episodes where we've commented that it feels like video game cutscenes yeah stitched together this episode is very much written in that same style so i'm trying to piece that from their imdb credits 
Interesting. Yeah. I was going to say, normally we have like all the same names that we're like very used to like Janet and Catherine and Maggie. <laughs> well, also yeah. like in video games, they'll be, you will go and reach your destination and they'll be, give you a little bit of exposition and be like, who you really want to talk to is Larry at the da, 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 da. And then you, <laughs> then you have a new quest added to your like bank and you need to like finish that quest. So you, it was just like going from one person to the next, to the next, to the next, yeah. you know. Very true. Um, Akil, in your um, pantheon of classic openers, this oh, one falls um, under kid, kids and ruffians. <laughs> kids and ruffians and a booth ailment. Like, yeah, true. A big mashup. When it rains it pours. <laughs> when they were coming down the sewer, I was like, "This is so many of Akil's favorite opening things." <laughs> All in one. I know. Hooligans at a place they shouldn't be. In costume. In costume. Oh, yep. no less. Yeah, they're like LARPing in a sewage drain looking for like a buried treasure. Um, and the one guy, one kid is like very into it. The other two, he says like dude or cool. And he's like, what is this dude? Like, he's like, you're not doing the full medieval speak. And then the tiny little kid Ezra sees the body first just turns and screams doesn't actually say anything to them and he's like oh it's just a rat like it's fine and then the other kid who was taking it seriously thinks that it's part of the game and he's like oh like sorry we're out of character we're usually like much better than this but then he like looks down better using his mother's cell phone to see that it's like a decomposing body and then he also runs out screaming so yeah we have um ruffians in a playstation and be fine in the body Sure enough. <laughs> um, then we go to Bones, who's at Booth's apartment, knocking on his door, telling him to like hurry up. But we can see our boy is struggling. <laughs> he's like half dressed, clearly in some sort of pain because he's like shuffling instead of walking. Really, he's asking. Uh, she's asking like, "What's wrong?" Once he opens the door. And she's like, oh, have you hurt your back again? And he tries to say like, no, nope. But then he's like, yes, I fell asleep on the couch and I strained it. And he's like, can you fix it again? Like you did that one other time where it took like the whole episode for him to finally say like, yes, you can like realign my back. And she did that whole like backwards hug circle thingamajig that she does twice more in this episode. She says, no, she's like, if this is a recurring problem, you need to see like a medical doctor. And he's like the last time, what do you mean? No, <laughs> like you begged me for like two days to help the last time you did this. So like, please do it again. And he pours on the charm talking about her magic knuckles and then smirks at her saying like, there's no one I trust more to get my back and crack it than you. And she's like, fine. <laughs> like. <laughs> yes that was very effective yeah they both know he's got her um and he's like yes but then she does the same thing but then there's like horrible cracking noises and it sounds and it's worse oh real bad <sighs> this is like my nightmare when it comes to like chiropractors because this is what i think is going to happen that they're gonna like adjust something wrong and then i won't be able to i've never been so this is completely <laughs> not valid but it's like my nightmare when i think about chiropractors and that they will just like snap a bone and then you're stuck 
Yeah, I agree. I've never been to one either, but it seems horrifying. Yeah, I've never been to one, but I feel like TikTok really like drove the misconception that chiropractors like will crack the shit out of your back and it'll sound like a hundred bones cracking and that's That's supposed to be like the most satisfying thing. But there's so many that have come out after that trend from like last year. They're like, no, it shouldn't sound like that. Nobody's (laughs) doing that. Yeah. And also it's the, it's like the board that they put you on that is making the cracking noise. It's not even you that's doing it. It's like, they have like a, and then, um, yeah, like there's all the, yeah, if anything, like breaking t- your neck. I, yeah, like, like I've also never been to a chiropractor, but after seeing TikTok videos of chiropractors saying that the practice is basically one giant big scam, it's guaranteed that I will never go to a chiropractor. <laughs> um, Sorry, chiropractors. <laughs> uh, well, of them just being like, the practice is just riddled with people who don't know what they're actually doing. And, that, yeah. you know, there there are good ones out there, but, you know. I'm sure the ones careful. on TikTok aren't like the best, <laughs> right? No, well, th- these are people who are on TikTok who are like, I'm a chiropractor and I hate all other chiropractors because yeah. uh, they give us such a bad name. Bad name. And, here, and, and, and here's why. Yeah. And then they show videos of them doing things where they crack people's back all crazy. And you're like, and then, then the person after like, this did nothing. Yeah. That whole thing didn't do anything. There's someone behind the camera with a water bottle, like twisting it. So it sounds like <laughs> crazy. <laughs> So much fully, yeah. Someone with just biting on carrots. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. That just is like horrifying to me hearing like something crack, and you're like, "Ooh, that's not good." Um, but then Bones <sighs> comes into the Jeffersonian, and Angel's like right there. She's like, "What happened? What did you do to Booth?" And she's like, "He had an X-ray. He might have a herniated disc." But he's all hopped up on painkillers and he's saying that the it's making the furniture feel friendly. So he's fine right now. <laughs> was nobody worried that he was maybe taking too much Vicodin the entire episode? Also that he was worried. like alone. <laughs> yeah, with all the Vicodin. Yeah. And then they kept on just being like, oh, you're talking real weird. Like you're really fucked up on the drugs. You know what you need to do? Take more drugs and go to sleep. Like, I don't think that's... <laughs> No, <laughs> I felt like Cam's question of like, "What did you do to Booth?" was very much implying that it was like some sort of sex injury. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I, I think love. that gets that, that gets implied. I think more with Parada too. Yes, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, like what actually happened? She's like, I just cracked his back. I was realigning it. Everyone's like, okay. <laughs> sure 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 yeah. yeah bones you only saw booth in your personal time to crack his back and that's it oh i realigned him right <laughs> I don't worry say- maybe i'll give you some chili and that'll <laughs> that'll help win him back to my side yeah parada's really weirdly shooting her shot in weird instances throughout this episode Really what a half-hearted is. like alternative love interest mm-hmm. it's so half-hearted they're like she's blonde like rebecca and like <laughs> um i always want to call her the thing from house what was her name the one that he had with the milk tessa tessa yeah also blonde <laughs> tessa <laughs> <laughs> pour one out for tessa she was a good girlfriend booth didn't Aww. deserve her <laughs> he didn't no, but she was worried about their relationship. She wouldn't go on the, what was it, stage four? Yeah. Trip? Yeah. The trip. 
<laughs> to, to Central America. Yeah. So I can't remember which country. Me neither. Uh, but yeah, Cam even comes up and asks, like, hey, are you okay? Like, you injured him. Or know, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, nice. And she was like, uh, I'm confused by your question. I didn't get injured. But then she's like, I feel bad. I shouldn't have let Booth talk me into adjusting his back. But then, of course, Agent Prada is back. She says she was honored that she was requested since Booth is out of commission. But Bones lets her know real quick that she's like, it's the logical choice because we don't really know any other FBI agents and don't want to break in a new one. So we asked for you. She's like, oh, let's not get like mushy. <laughs> Cam says that she and Prada already examined the crime scene and that Cam had released the remains for transfer back to the Jeffersonian and they're already up on the forensics platform. And Bones is a little upset about that because normally we see her and Booth go to the crime scene and she examines it there. Um, she's like, I guess we didn't do that this time around. And even Prada's like, would you like to go back? She's like, no, I'll just examine them here. And then heads up onto the platform. Uh, and we do have Mr. Fisher back this week. His initial findings are that our victim is a woman in her twenties. And he and bones both note that the damage to her skull is like wild. They're like, we have never seen this before. It looks like she was hit like directly with a wrecking ball to the face, something crazy. Um, but then Bones picks up her bag and walks off the platform saying like, the flesh is yours, Dr. Soroyan. <laughs> and then Parada's like, okay, are we investigating a murder? And Angela is there and she's like, tries to catch Parada up on like why Bones might be a little off today. Um, she's like, she put him in the hospital. She's not feeling like she's a little emotional about it. And Prada's like, okay, whatever, but I need someone to officially say murder. And then Cam just goes murder. And then Prada's like, thank you. <laughs> I love Cam just going murder. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. Now they're all looking at the clothing that the victim was wearing. Angela says it looks like the Lord of the Rings, the porno version. And then Fisher gets profiled as a geek immediately by Cam, who's like, you're into this stuff, right? <laughs> Lord of the, wait, what is the porn? What would a porn Lord of the Rings be? Oh, oh no. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh man, Lord, the fell. Oh, I thought it was something Fellowship awful. of the Ring. Oh yeah, well, yeah, what did you think? Well, I went, I went, um at thing uh movie two something about two towers the rhymes with showers so there's something in there <laughs> okay 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 i got it i got it the king could be a good one yeah i'm trying to think of things that rhyme yeah i know all there's... i can think of is fjord which it has nothing to do with anything no 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 <laughs> return of the fling Ooh, fling is good I know I'm like bling. <laughs> mm. I'm sure yeah, there's one know. that exists. If I'll, anyone I'll, has I'll, a, I'll, work on it, work on it. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on it and come back to you. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Fisher gets profiled immediately. We all know that this podcast is team clean bones. So I hate this part where Cam is like smushing the soft tissue on the feet. Gross. Ugh. <laughs> It's so yucky. She's like, she was probably standing in those shoes for hours. I was like, ugh. And then for some reason, Parada like takes some initiative and is like, pulls out a black light and checks the hand. Um, and it's like, there's like a stamp there. So they're like, oh, like good job, investigator. 
um, you found like a clue on the hand. And of course, because Angela is our resident tattoo savant, because she just knows all of them. <laughs> so she's looking into it, but hasn't gotten a match. Bones is shook that Parada is the one who found this. And Angela's like, you should be nicer to her. And Bones is like, I only want to work with Boost. I'm nice to him. And I want it to be like, barely. <laughs> I know you love him, but sometimes you're not that nice to him. <laughs> Then Fisher comes in like fully proclaiming that like, yes, I'm a geek. And they make him list off all the things he loves, which is anything with star in it, wars and Trek. Of course they mention Buffy, which is funny because David was in mm. it. And he even yeah. mentions Fringe, which is like a fellow I Fox e- show. <laughs> he says, I even watch Fringe, which is such a dig for a show that was literally on the air at the same time as this on Fox. It was such a... It was such a point to add it to cross promote the show, but but to also make fun of the fact that nobody was watching it and how it was having terrible ratings. Is that what I, it was? Well, I mean, I was like, I even watch Fringe, mm. was what he says. So Fringe Fridays like, I'm, I, were a really I am important one of the day only in people. my house. <laughs> I did not watch it when it was like live on the air. I did watch it afterwards, and I do like it a lot. I think John Noble as Walter Bishop gave such a good performance. Like if you think about it, <laughs> uh, that's a Lord of the Rings connection because he was also in, yeah. that. <laughs> um, in that. Uh for like such a random network television like show about weird science. Um he's like a really good anti-hero character. If you guys, if people like bones or if they truly if they like x-files you will like fringe so go watch it it's really good um but then fisher tells us about how his geekiness is why his girlfriend broke up with him which he says like oh this is depressing but like as we recall his like base emotional state is depressed or like gloomy so even cam's like we can't tell the difference so then Fisher recognizes that the tattoo thing. And he's like, oh, I, I bet the victim was a booth babe at a Magicon. And I sat there and I was like, we should rename the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So yeah. this is the last well, episode of the Bones booth. We are now booth babes. <laughs> <laughs> booth babes. <laughs> Or I know we um, we love our Boons fam, but maybe they're Bones Booth babes because I we know you're all hot. We've seen your profile pictures. Oh. <laughs> but every time they said Booth babe, it made me laugh. <laughs> I do love that now we get a classic. I don't know what that means because he mm-hmm. says, "Oh, mm-hmm. she was a booth bag, booth bag. Wow, booth babe at a Magicon." She's like, "I don't know what that means," and it just like. I feel like it washed over me like a warm breeze. I was like, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fisher explains what it, like fan conventions are. And the Imagicon logo being a dragon like wrapped around the Washington Monument, I thought was pretty legit. I kind of liked the logo for Imagicon. <laughs> yeah, Did look it at Imagicon. Happen in the DC area? I guess. This this version of it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, but also I know she the had one... a tattoo of it like that too, right? It was a black light one because she was a booth babe. I guess they scan it. Oh, so or it was whatever. just like a temporary like stamp thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was like a black light stamp. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, we have Awesome Con in DC. Yeah, I was gonna say Awesome Con is the one that we uh, and I don't know if they do those in other cities. I think it, I have no idea. I don't know. No idea. It's not my circuit. Not my circuit. <laughs> um, I did see a funny. I did see a funny TikTok though of somebody who was like, "Oh, I was I was at Awesome Con in DC, and yada yada yada, whatever." She goes through her whole story. Somebody comes up to me and says, "Hey, great Criminal Minds costume," <laughs> because she just because she happens to look like uh, Garcia. Yes. On yes, Criminal I Minds. definitely saw that one. And it was like, that's definitely not who I'm dressed as, <laughs> and I kind of don't appreciate the comment. Yeah, she was <laughs> She did look like her though. She, she did, did look like her though. <laughs> it's just because she had fun stuff in her hair, truly. I mean, she was blonde and had bangs, but I think if she didn't have like two little pigtails and like things in her hair, she would have looked a little less like Penelope Garcia. <laughs> yeah, it was like the glasses and the hairdo. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the glasses and the hair. Yeah, totally. For sure. Um, but it just made me laugh because I was like, you know, they gotta put Washington Monument and everything, whether it's in the background <laughs> or on, on, the, on, on a logo yes. of an of a in fake conference that's going yeah. on yeah i was like there it is good job but they find they go onto the website and they find a section for the booth babe roundup which i don't know if that's a thing <laughs> that they just like show women who are gonna be there but sure and yeah, then gross. they find a woman wearing the costume and shoes that they have and unfortunately pull up a picture of what her face looks like now and bones like lightly confirms like this is probably their victim and then she looks at um, Fisher and Angela and goes, oh, someone should inform Agent Parada. And Angela's like, that would be you. She's like, all right. <laughs> Couldn't be less interested in working with her. No. Mm-mm. Well, if you remember when she first got um, started working with Sully, she hated that too. But that just kind of turned out better in the end for her. <laughs> right. Oh, peanut. Oh, peanut. Um. Yeah, we have this like B-roll of a Magicon and I like the sad sign that looks like held up on the four corners because I feel like that's like pretty accurate for just like trying to put a big sign over a like blank space on a huge convention hall. The other thing that had me dying laughing is I don't know what like b-roll footage or stock photo they got to be the outside of some sort of building but there are three stretch limos just like in frame it's like who was at this <laughs> <laughs> like huge white stretch limos it's like why are there three of them here it's like so much but bones Maybe- and prada enter and we see all the people walking in costumes and prada says like oh these people don't look like killers and then we see more with like huge weapons and bones is like mm, i'm gonna have to disagree <laughs> <laughs> nobody at nobody at awesome con or whatever would be a killer yeah i think so too. incels maybe mm, true which is <laughs> funny because we obviously bones at least was a part of the episode superhero in the alley where those people were also in costumes although he didn't get killed by any of those people yeah she constantly through this episode just talks about how she is like i have no anthropologic like baseline for this this is like completely throwing me through a loop and it's like well you did the other superhero episode and also i don't think that's true it's like group dynamics like at the end of like Mm -hmm. it's not you know or any she's like studied cults and so i think she would understand cult fandom you know like fandom for sure would have to be a thing she's come across it's not that 
like out of, of, left a, of, a, of, a, of a topic yeah for her I think she appreciated like some of the history stuff like when they were talking about Excalibur she's like you mean like King Arthur and he was like yeah but like a movie and she's like oh great <laughs> like you lost her now <laughs> oh then I don't understand it now, now I don't care <laughs> so then we have the theme song then we come back to them Bones is examining her surroundings like you were saying her being kind of confused this is where Prada asked her like oh I heard you did a number on Booth's back yikes phrasing (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm feeling pettiness happening um because you know from like this app and fire and ice that like Booth and her were making like some eyes at each other and I feel like she's trying to figure out still if something's going on there yeah, like, is he actually available or does he have eyes for partner? Yes. Yeah. Which sure. I feel like she is so confused because I know we'll get to this later, but she, that's what they, explains the chili. <laughs> totally. She, because there's, she, the- <laughs> there's an alternate, there's an alternate universe in which she is talking like with her friends uh, back and forth about like, Hey, this guy at work. I like, I don't know. I think it may be interested. They're going back and forth and like, how should she make her move? And one person's like, you should just like ask him out, like be really direct. Another person's like, you should do like a big show of affection. And they land somewhere in the middle, which is chilly. <laughs> Give him Deliver chili. him chili. <laughs> Like when they're talking on Seinfeld of like, I need a gift for Elaine. And we're like, I don't know yes. what to get her. Like, here's $87. Is this good for you? <laughs> what I don't get about the chili scene is we have the phone call scene where she says, oh, Booth is needlessly protective. And Prada's like, you don't really understand why, do you? And Bones is like, no. And it's like, well, because Parada understands that because he's like, interested in her so why is she still bringing him chili what you doing yeah that's weird to me too because i guess she's feeding off the fact that bones is like clearly not interested or oblivious maybe. and so she thinks maybe she can like slide right in there exactly yeah i was trying to explain that to anna as well like i think that she just like well if they're both like horny and not going to do anything about it then i can just slide right in there <laughs> yeah that's true yeah. and it was like dinner was too much so she settled on just chili right could just be a snack but to then bring it to his personal apartment like (laughs) right yeah this was all too much after just one episode of like them exchanging like eyes at each other you know Mm -hmm. i i wasn't i wasn't considering parada like being so um or or, i mean booth wasn't exchanging this back this is her third episode now yeah, because um, she was in last week, but like she just was like terribly trailing everyone. <laughs> yeah. And like Booth was, I mean, he was in last episode, but he wasn't with Parada at all. Right. right. There's no Booth Parada right. stuff happening. Right. I've implied that there have been multiple weeks that have gone by since their initial like introduction here and that they have been chatting this during this time. And it's maybe been a little flirtatious, maybe not. I feel like that's supported by the fact that in this next line, um, she's like, oh, I heard you did a number to boost back. Bones defends herself saying like, oh, there was additional problems that he didn't know he had. And so issues. Right. (laughs) Just like, what did he have? (laughs) Yikes. Disc problems. (laughs) 
And so she's like, oh, my adjustment ended up aggravating it. And then Bones is like, oh, did Booth say something to you? And Prada goes, nope, aggravated was the word he used. So like clearly Booth and Prada are having separate conversations. I uh, obviously they're going to have like work conversations because he's still like whatever part of the case, but that has nothing to do with it. So it's like, they're clearly having mm-hmm. also personal conversations and listen, I happen to like Prada's character. I think she's like a fun addition, but I will verbally cut a fictional bitch. If you come after Dr. Temperance Brennan like that, you leave her alone, <laughs> leave her alone. Read there with you. So they're there. They find the booth their victim had been working um, at the Imagine Con. Love that those two random dudes are just like taking pictures with the booth babes and then they just take a picture with Bones and Parodics. They're like, women! But they accidentally got a photo with a famous author. So, good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Prada pulls the current booth b- babe away. Um, this woman confirms that the photo is Kendra Kim. This woman's name is Shiny. <laughs> but it was like Shiny Herbowitz or like something crazy. What's her last uh, it's name? It's Shiny. Um, I pulled it up. It's uh, Kaminsky? Shiny. Shiny Kaminsky. Uh, yeah, Shiny Kapinski. Kapinski. I was like, that's funny. She has um, a very, very risque uh, IMDb photo. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> But Parada's like, okay, shiny. Uh, did you not think it was weird that Kenner didn't show up to the convention like in the last two days? She was like, well, I thought she got fired because she was acting all high and mighty. So I didn't notice. Um, and then Bones asks her like, what do you do here? And she describes like the grimoire people and how it's like an encyclopedia for nerds, blah, blah, blah. Did the three of you at all feel like Bones was talking to you when she said, oh, so your job is to sexualize software? I was like, that's too real. <laughs> no. Totally agree. Did not think of that, but that's hilarious. It feels like marketing. <laughs> yeah, it really How do does. you make this software sexy to your buyers? <laughs> but not, I don't know, it was like, such like software and video games in the way that like Hollywood thinks of software and video games. Yeah. Of, like, like, oh, there's going to be this like genius, beautiful, tortured nerd creative who comes up with this software that nobody's ever thunk of before. And he's going to make it rich. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? Right. Which is what shiny kind of says, because she was like, oh, Kendra was full of herself saying this was her last convention. And she was sitting on a gold mine. She was going to cash in on, um she's like I did follow her once because I thought she was talking to some game developer who was gonna like be loaded <laughs> like whatever and she was uh, like oh, yeah, some of them even developer. smell nice <laughs> um she was like nope it wasn't that she was just talking to some guy who worked at the blacksmith booth so of course Prada and uh Bones walk over to croon the blacksmith um and he starts talking like he's from medieval times but Parada shuts that down pretty quickly um he said he's like initially worried that they're there because of like the weaponry he's like whoa 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 they're like all legal and registered and whatever and they're like no (laughs) that's not why we're here uh I recognize this right away as being uh Francis's friend from military school uh (laughs) from Malcolm in the Middle his like straight laced friend who he was constantly getting into trouble. Oh, very nice. 
I was never a big Malcolm in the Middle person. That so, we watched. We, oh, go ahead. We watched that and Bernie Mac. Like that nice. they're on the same same night. We watched that consistently as a family. The only thing I knew about Malcolm in the Middle was the whole um, theory that because it's the same, it's Brian Cranston, that it was like a prequel <laughs> to Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That like Malcolm got in trouble or whatever, and then he had to move to New Mexico or or it was like the other way around. Yeah, like he, Breaking he Bad was them. the prequel to that. To oh, in the okay. Yeah, yeah, like Walter White leaves, he survives, goes into witness protection, and then like has this family that's Malcolm in the Mill or whatever. I don't know. It was one of <laughs> one one way or the other that because it was the same actor, they were like parts of the same story. Um, but they show this guy Croon a picture of Kendra, and he's like, Oh, I only know her first name, but he says Kimba instead of Kendra, which is real rich since we all know what he did. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, and then they correct him and he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, good cover. Good cover, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's really acting. Um, he's like, yeah, she's the girl with Excalibur. And it's like, not the real, real one, but the real prop from a movie that is very valuable. And he's like, oh, is she in trouble? And I like that Prada goes, no. And Bones goes, she's dead. <laughs> I love when they do that, when it's like, oh, are they like, is everything okay? And they go, no. And the other person's like, no, because they're dead. <laughs> oh, it's so Classic dumb. Classic law and order. Mm-hmm. They ask why he would ask it, why she was in trouble. And he tells them she stopped by and asked how much he would pay for the sword. He says he wondered if it was stolen because it was the real deal. And she didn't seem like the type of person who would just have that and told her it was worth tens of thousands of dollars. They push him on that mode of like, hmm. Did you think to maybe kill her and take that for yourself? And he's like, hey, I could have told her it was only worth like 200 bucks and ripped her off. But I told her to go to like the official auctioneer guy instead so that she could get like the money that, you know, all the money she could for it. He also tells them that he was skeptical of where she got it because she said it was from like her family, but no one had seen that sword in like over 20 years, which is funny because I feel like that it was supposed to be impactful. Like, oh, it's been missing for 20 years, but that doesn't seem like that long. It wasn't. It wasn't no. impactful because it sounded like a John Mulaney bit of like, it's yeah. been missing for 20 years. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if, a, not long enough. if a person was missing for 20 years, like that feels long, but like a prop <laughs> a sword? doesn't feel long. No. Yeah. Especially <laughs> from like the first sci fi movie. If it was missing for 20 years, yeah, that makes that tracks. They never explained how he got it. No, they did not. No. <laughs> you know, like they're like this elusive, like, Nobody knows what happened to it. Sword somehow croon the backs of blood blacksmith ended up with it though. Yeah, he had it for the missing 20 years, I'm assuming. Or maybe not. He wasn't that old. He couldn't have it for 20 years. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, How did he, get when it? he was like four. <laughs> maybe it was in his family. Interesting. Pl- plot a plot, not necessarily again, another plot leak. Not that we needed it, but it would be nice to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah um so yeah he's like "Mm, i think maybe she got it from somebody else here at the convention maybe she stole it but he's like she was super hot and that goes a long way in a place like this so maybe someone just gave it to her so they're like hmm wonder what's going on with the sword 
Then we go back to the Jeffersonian where Fisher and Cam are in the autopsy suite. Cam is done with all the soft tissue and Fisher is now up. Hodgins says his bugs tell him that she died 72 hours prior and that there's like soil that doesn't match the dump site. So she was clearly somewhere else before there. And then Fisher and Hodgins have this like who had the worst breakup and like who's the most sad about it competition. And Fisher technically wins because he says he's like never been happy in life that he can remember it and his soul is blackened. And like Hodgins is like, all right, and then just leaves. Because <laughs> he's his like, nickname is Sad Sack. Which is so funny because it sounds are you saying sad sack like S-A-C-K? Yeah. I thought you were saying sad Zach, like Zach Addy. <laughs> <laughs> also true um that's also true but no i was saying sad sack (laughs) sad sack zach (laughs) sad zachary sad zacaroni oh sad zacaroni i like when we called him zacaroni and cheese (laughs) (laughs) like we're like what was his nickname again zacaroni and cheese like that's close (laughs) it's honestly a little bit better because it has the cheese part um so bones has booth on the phone and he is in rough shape he's like rest and stretching will make everything better and then she goes no like that sounds terrible because she also like obviously is good at bones and whatnot um but she also does like i think she has a doctorate in like kinesiology so like she understands how the body works she goes are you wearing your lumbosacral support belt he goes my girdle yes (laughs) (laughs) Because that's exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. It, he kind of looked like a, for a little bit, because for some reason, I think for our benefit, they had him wear it on the outside of his t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked like all those like Instagram girlies who have like the waist trainers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, it's stupid. And it's not like, doesn't help anyone it probably just rearranges your organs in your rib cage um if you wear it for prolonged points in time but i just like that he's like my girdle and he's just laughing he's like yep it's nice and tight and then his phone dings and it's parada and she's there asking if he needs anything and he's like i'm good and she's like okay well if you do need something like let me know and then she like doesn't know how to like move on so she's like oh and by the way i found the victim's father and then we find bones is still there and she's like we did and she's like who's that and he's like bones and it's a whole who's on first shenanigans because he accidentally hit conference instead of hanging up and now they're in like a three-way call and i don't know who decided to edit it this way with like their little conversation squares that kept moving all around but i absolutely love it because it doesn't look like any other bones episode (laughs) Like, why did they edit it this way? It looks so funny. I loved it. I think it was a fun choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Booth tries to say, like, I'm going to come help question the victim's father. And Bones is like, no, Parada, don't let him do that. He's, like, very ill. And then they're just arguing. And Parada's listening to them argue over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but they pick the worst possible way for him to try and help, which is to set up a laptop to like video chat into the conference room and like not even into an earpiece he's just fully audible on the laptop 
and he's still all like hopped up on pain meds. Like we can't take any of his, his suggestions correctly. Parada is talking to Kendra's father and he said, I didn't really see her much. And he's like, again, a, a parent not that upset knowing that their child died he's like she was irresponsible (laughs) she didn't know what to do with her money and her checks came here because i had to pay her for her condo and blah blah blah. not a single tear shed on behalf of kendra by her dad didn't seem like they had a good relationship nope no no her and mr kim did not get along no i do like when booth is all like looping he's like did you give her a sword and the dad's like no <laughs> <laughs> right because it would have had value and you would have kept it for yourself yeah and this is when prada's like okay and then just like lowers the, the laptop <laughs> yeah if only he had done this interview in 2022 and it could have been like yeah that's what like all zoom meetings are like <laughs> yeah he was like this is really weird I know this day and age that wouldn't phase anyone. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting interviewed by two cops. One of them's in the room with me for some reason. The other one is like chiming in from the video off to the side. Like, hello, can anyone hear me? (laughs) You're on mute. (laughs) Can you see my screen? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) The shirt Booth was wearing made it look like he was still in the hospital. Yes. It looked like, don't people call those things Johnny's? Those little like I don't know what they're gowns, called. but it's yeah. I've never he heard like Johnny he still before. in his gown. Yeah, he, he totally. He looked like he was in a hospital gown, which is weird because we just saw him in the last scene in his house with a t shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a white undershirt with his with his gurney or this yeah. um, girdle. His little Not girdle. <laughs> his girdle. But yeah, Parada's like okay, no, and then she's like okay, can we go see Kendra's condo? She and Bones go to the condo. And we can see from the moment they step inside, the whole place has been tossed. There's stuff everywhere. Um, Clearly someone looking for the sword. We come back to them looking around in there. They find an answering machine that they're going to take a look at, which obviously helps us later. Um, And Hodgins is there and he finds shoes with blood and dirt. So he's all happy to take those back and analyze them. So they get a few pieces of evidence from Kendra's condo. In the next scene, we have clean bones. Yay. (laughs) It's not all nasty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Fisher and bones are in the bone room and talking about the facial injury because they're like, it's just so weird. We've never seen anything like it. Like, you know, it's unique when bones literally says it's certainly nothing I've seen before. Like, whoa. Um, And she also gives Fisher a compliment, which she, that is a rare feat for us Wintern. Um. He gets a very good, but then he's like, really? <laughs> like, I feel like we're further away from an answer. And she says that she's seen a lot of injuries done by many different weapons. So the fact that she doesn't recognize it rules out all the others of what they could be because she doesn't know what it is. And he's like, that's a great dark silver lining that it's awful, <laughs> awful enough that she hasn't seen it before. Then we go to Cam uh, when Hodgins comes in and tells her the blood on the shoes is not from a person, but a toad. And of course we have a toad frog, like correction time about like three, I think at least three times Cam says frog and he's like, toad, toad. (laughs) 
also, of course, with the nature of, you know, the fantasy stuff at a magic con, they have princess kissing a toad jokes as well. Um, but the toad ends up being really helpful because of course it only lives in one small area. So <laughs> she had to have been there and Cam was like, okay, so she was in mud burying something. And then she left and they were like, yeah, wonder. And I was like, what do you think she was burying? What thing of value have we been talking about that she would maybe want to conceal? So then we go back to Parada in the, uh, at the FBI with sweets where she did get a recording from that answering machine, but it's of a woman saying that their victim has like three days and she's like, and I want the sword. You don't know who you're dealing with. And so he's just like, you want me to profile from like a message on an answering machine? And she's like, give it a shot. You're a smarty pants. So he gives her a scenario that this woman on the machine probably already tried to get the sword from a man, which was correct. And is even more annoyed that she would have had to deal with someone who she perceives as a girl, even though Kendra was nearly 30. So she's like, this woman is annoyed. And then for some reason, Parada like confirms this to him, like that his guess is correct, but he, they don't know that. So it's weird to me when she's like, gives him kind of like a nod of approval that like, aha, like, yes, that was right. I was like, but we don't know that yet. So how could he be right? I don't know. It was like a weird moment. The dial- the answering machine message was so stupid to me. <laughs> like, you're playing with a woman who gets what she wants. I was like, this is just pulled, plucked right out of a video game. Awful. Yeah, I don't think people leave voicemails like that. No. Yeah, well, where like, does it take us next on our quest, though? Vague, exactly. threatening message. <laughs> You've got three days. I want that sword. <laughs> Bring me 47 blue crystals or else your <laughs> fairy godmother gets it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have to go back to a magic con where we talk to, and his name is Chip Durf. <laughs> Chip Durf. Which is one of my all-time favorite character names I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Chip Durf, the auctioneer, whose name in real life, I think it's a stage name. I could be wrong, but his IMDb credit and the credit in the yeah. show is that his name is Poetry. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. P-O-E-T-R-I, spelt real cool. Yeah, Poetry. Yeah, so poetry's name in the show is Chip Durf, and (laughs) (laughs) I think I think it's the Durf. I don't know why that's like feels really funny. It's the Durf of it all for sure. So yeah, it's definitely the Durf. He was wearing a T-shirt the whole time too. That is like, uh, is like something sucks. can somebody explain why that's funny to me? I know it's a sci-fi reference. I just don't know what from or what. Um, I have no idea. Yeah, listeners, if you know, because it looks like the, but it's like T-E-H, I think. Like, it looks like the word the, but like spelled wrong. But I'm sure it means yeah. something that I don't know. What's What does it say? It's like a th- three-letter word. I can't remember what it is, it's and it's like T E H, and then sucks S U C K S T E H sucks. Okay, no idea. 
my my brain said the egg house but that's not right <laughs> yeah yeah probably some like gamer language like pwned was back in yeah the day. listeners if you guys know what that means let us know i'm trying to think of like maybe teh is for a sh- for a show or like video game or show. movie or something if i uh, type in teh show though it just returns mlb the show uh, which mm. is a video game for baseball oh, uh, yeah. because they think that it is misspelled the yeah i'm sure there's a hilarious yeah yeah behind it but i don't, I, don't I, I just don't know what it is on urban dictionary it says for the definition of teh space s space uck um, when something <laughs> sucks so bad that its degree of sucking cannot be adequately described originates from an adult slow message board conversation circa 2002 when a user ragging on anime made the statement because anime is to suck the space is necessary <laughs> to circumvent message board filters so that's why probably that. there's a space between the s and the u c k oh and I remember, like, back in the day of AIM, like, everybody said, like, mm-hmm. T-E-H instead of the, because it was a common misspelling. Mm-hmm. The way that you would do, like, an exclamation point one, because yes. there would always be that dragging one at the yes. end. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for Googling that. And if there's some other random additional meaning that anyone knows about, let us know. But I bet that's it. Because this came out in 2009, so... Yeah. It makes sense that that would still be yeah. on a t-shirt that somebody would like to wear around. <laughs> mm-hmm. It sounds just like a nerd t-shirt. Mm-hmm. That Chip Durf would wear. Chip Durf. And they double down on the Durf too because he like doesn't say it right and he corrects it. It was like Durf. It's Durf. Yeah, I think they said Dorf and he was like, it's Durf. <laughs> <laughs> like if Nerf had a D, Durf. <laughs> <laughs> If I was a spongy football. Why is derp so funny? I don't know, but it's really fun to say chip derp. (laughs) Everyone say it out loud as you're listening. It's fun. Uh, But so he's the auctioneer and he says, you know, the auction is legit. Uh, He certified Excalibur and even said he would keep it in their secure area. But they keep going after him for these like illegal pre-bidding. I have no nothing about auctions, so I was a little lost during this whole piece. But they're like, oh, there's like illegal pre-bidding with like outside folks. But they keep saying this, and they're not letting him get in a word edgewise because Sweets is here saying like your laryngeal prominence is telling me you're lying, and it's like let yeah, the man answer yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Let let him finish his statement because <laughs> that's going to be more telling than you just catching him on the lie exactly so i was like sweets shush <laughs> but they hit him with the lady on the machine um he says yes he knows who that is it's valerie daniels and she's a medieval weapons collector and prada was like oh so you gave her kendra's name and address and i was like do they do that in auctions like give people's home addresses like that yeah of the person who's selling the item probably right, not that, that seems so unsafe yeah that <laughs> That doesn't seem real. Yeah. So he's like, well, every auction does private pre-bids and no one ever gets. And she goes, oh, hurt. Clearly someone did this time. And so her, she and Sweets walk away and Chip Durf wants to know if they found Excalibur and if it's still going up for auction. And he's kind of like yelling that at them as they're walking away. So then we meet Valerie Daniels. 
<laughs> who is just in all, <laughs> all black. <laughs> I feel like-, like this is going to be where we spend a lot of time. And I don't know how we make sure it doesn't become too long. I got it. So okay. she's in all black. She has like crazy eyeliner on. Um, she tells Swedes with direct eye contact that she collects stuff that's like weaponry because she likes sharp edges, sharp against soft. So she's trying to be like very provocative, especially to Swedes. She tells them her alibi was an after party and then she was sleeping with the publisher and she says the sex was vanilla, but at least I got an alibi out of it. And I love that Swedes tries to like analyze her in this moment and is like, oh, you feel the need to be in control. And she just like whips her head around and stares at him like straight back in his eyeballs and is like, I'd like to control you if you're up for it. And he just goes, oh, I can assure you I'm not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh need a real king that can handle <laughs> um okay so with her though i want to talk about the outfit or just all the of whole the vibe and everything that's going yeah. on there is so much makeup for one it just felt like watching her talk was just watching the, the makeup just slide around i don't makeup team i don't know what you did on this one uh also the super dark lipstick so and this isn't like her fault the actress she just happens to talk in a way in which her front teeth don't get shown and the entire time the entire time she's talking all you do is you just see these like pitch black things just moving around and where her lips should be and there's occasionally like a little pink tongue just like pop out (laughs) in between and it was so distracting all i could see was just her lips kind of moving and i can't really place it with the words because it's so dark like i can't it doesn't feel like it's synced up and just this little tongue so uh, the obviously i'm like, not trying to be mean to either of these actors but chip yeah, it's not their fault. and this actress both had a lot of tongue in the way that they spoke oh it's man just, it, it like was- if it was if it was normal make like normal makeup or like not as dark like i you oh, wouldn't no. have you wouldn't have noticed at all maybe she, it she, have- she talks with a little bit of a lisp which is fine just it just happened to be with the very dark lipstick it just yeah all you could see was a much more noticeable backdrop because it was like black lipstick exactly that's the only reason i noticed (laughs) yeah she had like a real vibe everything was black um she had like the craziest eyeliner it was so thick um the the, the foundation was just so thick they they put so much (laughs) on to make her like extra white yeah like yeah they wanted her to look crazy they also did everything except say that she was a dominatrix yep (laughs) it's like yeah too spicy for fox apparently even though they had a whole like horse dominatrix episode (laughs) yeah yeah and they said sex probably four times in this episode which i was very keen on because or not keen i was keenly aware of because i was watching this with my (laughs) in-laws Hey, yeah, at least it wasn't the pony play episode. Could have been worse. That's true. <laughs> you never know. Oh, man. Yeah, she was a real, she's a real interesting, Valerie. Um, we don't, uh, we 
we get a couple more scenes with her. They ask her why she would have gone to trash Kendra's apartment when she didn't kill her, which is like such a leap. They're like, yeah, well, why'd you trash her apartment? She's like, I didn't. She seems surprised that they even list, um, surprised that they ask her that. And then she lists off all her credentials and she's like, listen, I do this professionally. And she's just annoyed that some random booth babe showed up with the sword that had like been lost. And the story she got from Kendra was that a guy dressed in a black knight costume just walked up and gave it to her on the first day of the Magicon. She's like, so, and I didn't believe that. Like someone just gave her this really valuable thing. She's like, I didn't want to kill her. I just wanted the sword. So we're like, mm. Kendra's like got some shady stories going on, but what happened with her that like this got her killed? She's like, oh, I do this professionally. I'm the one who has the trust fund that allowed me to be able to be in this industry at all and yes. buy things. Yeah, like she feels like she earned it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> She's self-made, right? That's what we, yeah. we call it now. <laughs> yeah. She curated her own black lipstick collection from scratch. <laughs> My parents didn't want me doing this. So therefore it's okay yep. that I did it all with their money. <laughs> Then we have a quick scene with Hodgins and Angela who are out looking for the sword in like the space where the, I almost said frogs, sorry, Hodgins, where the toads are. Toad. Uh, thank you. Um, I think it's funny that he thanks Angela for coming with him because he's like one lone guy with a metal detector in the bushes is kind of creepy. And I was like, very valid. It's a good thing that you brought somebody else with you. <laughs> so of course they find it. And of course Hodgins holds it up and says, I am the once and future king. And she's like, Jesus, <laughs> the whole episode does make me want to watch Sword in the Stone though, which I feel like is a lesser beloved, but no less great Disney movie. Agreed. I love that movie. So they find it. They bring it back to the Jeffersonian. All of the boys play with the sword. And I gotta say, if that was me, I also would. Like, if I was there, I'm gonna try and swing it around, like, a little You're bit. You're gunsta. Right? Yeah. You have to. You're gunsta. Look at it. It's so, it looks so fun. <laughs> Prada says that all the fingerprints on the sword belong to Kendra. And she's like, would this be the murder weapon? And Fisher's like, no. She wasn't stabbed or slashed something like exploded in her face. So not this. Um, I do love that when Sweets gets there, he like holds up his hands to show that he has gloves so he can be like, can I touch it? <laughs> like, please let me hold the sword. Um, and they're like, okay. And so he like whips it around and everything. Everyone's such a nerd, but it's so cute. Um, he says that they are now at an advantage because they have the sword, that they have the thing the killer wanted most. So it only makes sense that they would try to come after it again. Um, he wants to try and set up a trap and they decide to have the sword still go up for auction, but have a plant that outbids everyone, no matter how high the price goes. Sweets, of course, volunteers as tribute to be the plant since Imagicon people already saw Parada and Bones. He's like, I'm confident that if the killer is there, me being like this mystery person who hasn't been there at all, no one knows, um, would cause the, um, would cause them to reveal themselves or do something that reveals themselves as the killer. Um, and he's like, oh, you and Parada and Bones, like you can watch from a video feed in another room to look for suspects. My question is, Parada goes, who's gonna run the camera? Why don't you just have stationary video cameras <laughs> that like face the whole crowd? Why do we need when a camera? you that question, I was like, oh no, playing foiled. 
like, you're telling me we couldn't have found time to put like stationary cameras around that little auction area to get like the whole room. We needed Fisher to go in with a handheld camera for them to look at. They couldn't have been less discreet. No. <laughs> I mean, it does give us Fisher being used undercover, which I'm very here for. Um, but it was this, just like, this makes his, no sense. like personal outfit, like something that he usually wears every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't doubt for a second that he was in, like, that, that was just what he wears. They picked this... him because he can be invisible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or he looks like he would be at this conference. This... Right, for sure. Both him um, and Sweets. Yeah, yeah, they both just went in their own closets for their outfits for this sting. <laughs> they did. His Star Trek. I love yeah, how that was, was a good like... line of I love how Bones was like, where did he where where did he find the time to find a disguise? And all he was wearing was like a red turtleneck. Like he didn't have like a full, like huge elaborate costume on. He was a red suit or a Yeah, yeah, from Star Trek. I get it. Yeah. But like it wasn't yeah. a lot. No, no, no. It's a, it's a very low low effort costume. It's great. Yeah. 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 It wasn't like he was like, yeah, in a full like he didn't have like a whole crazy outfit on. But it was funny that she was like, Prado's like I'm guessing his own closet. <laughs> yeah. By the way, so I, because uh, he was wearing, because he was a red shirt, I was like, oh no, like he's going to die. <laughs> because I was, because, you know, that's always what happens to the Star Trek characters. And I was like, yep. he's going to die. And sure enough, well, I mean, I'm jumping ahead of scene. Yeah. He doesn't die, but um, they do get the, the car. It was questionable for a hot second there. Um, Okay, so it's fake auction time. They have Fisher with a huge camera, like you said, being so noticeable, but whatever. Um, We see Kroon, Valerie Daniels, and just like a Black Knight in the corner. So we're like, ooh, all our suspects are here. Even though later Parada has like 10 different Black Knights that she interviews, so whatever. Um, it's time for the auction of the sword. Big uh oh, because Valerie gets up and moves to sit next to Fisher. So it's like clearly this has been blown. She knows something. Yeah, and he's going just like, on. I'm just gonna film you. <laughs> just turns the camera very sneakily 90 degrees to the side. <laughs> this is normal, right? Filming the audience. Yeah, it's totally fine. Later he's like, I'm making a documentary. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> classic, classic answer why you're filming people. Um, so when the sword comes up, she bids first and then sweets is up. And it's really funny because we see one more item up for bid before the sword. And he's been like doing the auctioneer thing where it's like 200 to like the elf in the back, 300 to this person, whatever. And then when, when it's her, he goes like, oh, you know, 50,000 to the lady in black. But when sweets bids, he says, 55 to the gentleman from the future with the red lips. <laughs> and, he, and then he, is, he goes like, huh, my lips? And like touches his lips like, oh no. Yeah. It was so funny. It reminded me of like when... Um... Oh, 70,000 to the woman in the black lips. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of um, Veep when they used to write like the worst insults to people based on like mm-hmm. how they looked, especially Jonah Ryan. Yeah, the Jonah uh, files. Yeah, it was just like, 
the word and I was like who who in the writing staff was like you know what we should we should say John Francis Daly has really red lips so let's point it out (laughs) his full lips oh man it's so funny because he like touches them like what Uh, there was one um, interview like when Veep was ending where like most of the cast was on Conan and of course he asked him like what was the worst insult that you guys like were, were there any insults that were not written but were kind of ad-libbed and I guess um, oh, I forget his name on the show but the one guy said he got ad-libbed okay cow eyes <laughs> <laughs> and he was like damn <laughs> cow eyes cow eyes i don't know what that means but he was like dang i'm just trying to think of what character on veep that would even be um like you have either like big eyes or big eyelashes yeah i think it's like big brown eyes i think he had like big brown Mm. eyes (laughs) but it was just like he was like not mike mcclintock wouldn't be no was it like the young guy who was always fighting with amy dan egan no it wasn't dan it was um Richard. Okay, so the actor's name is Sam Richardson. Yeah, yeah, Richard. <laughs> is, is his name Richard in the show? Yeah, Richard yeah, Splett. Yeah. Richard Splett. Okay, yeah, Richard yeah, Splett. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he said he got cow eyes, <laughs> and then Amy's character called him a, a, a Paddington Bear motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he's in um he's in a uh, Detroiters with Tim Robinson. Oh, fun. Yeah. But he's yeah. great on that show. We called we call him like when we were watching Veep, he's like, oh, sweet baby Richard. It was what our baby nickname Richard. was to him. Aw. But yeah, them saying oh, 55 to the gentleman from the future with the red lips. I was like, this is Veep. Like, I'm watching Veep. Um, so they're going back and forth. There is an even more mysterious man in the back that we haven't met yet who's driving up the cost <laughs> of the bids. <laughs> Just some random dude. They go back and forth, back and forth, and it's like everyone's in costume. Everyone that's bidding is in costume. And then all of a sudden, boom, guy in suit with British accent out of nowhere. You're like, of fucking course. <laughs> Absolutely. Who's who's there from a consortium? <laughs> he is a, a consortium. Which is a great word. I'm glad we are able to say the word consortium this great week. Great word. <laughs> uh, but they go anyway. back and forth. Dollar amount getting higher and higher. I do like the part where Bones rattles off some sort of like historical auction fact and then looks at Prada and goes, I don't know why I'm nervous, but I am. <laughs> Prada's like, Swedes, it's fake. Keep bidding. And he gets up to $500,000 and wins the auction. And it's so funny because people like shake his hand um, and are like patting him on the back. Fisher looks over to Valerie and asks how she's, and uh, he, she asks how he's doing. And he's like, I'm making a documentary. And then Prada gets up to go talk to quote James Bond to figure out who he is and why he was bidding so high for the sword. His name is Badgley Mormont. Which is very Game of Thrones, Bear Island. Mr. Very Mormont. Much. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, the Mormonts. Maybe Miss Jorah. <laughs> he says, again, he represents a consortium that has the largest collection of objects that are related to Camelot and they wanted the sword. Our good friend Chip Durf comes back and puts his foot in his mouth a tad, letting slip that the auction was fixed. And Mr. Chip Badgley Durf. is pissed. And he says, I'm going to sue you, I'm going to sue you, and I'm going to sue you. <laughs> He sounded like Michael Caine. 
He did. Did you ever hear the um, tip that if you want to say Michael Caine? Yes. You say my the, cocaine. You say my cocaine. <laughs> yeah. My cocaine. <laughs> Everyone do it at home. <laughs> say my cocaine to yourself. Um, so then we see Bones and Sweets car time because we can't have Bones and Booth car time because he's all drugged up in his own home and they're driving back from a magic con and he's still like truly jazzed from winning the fake auction that he's like i know it was fixed but it was still thrilling and he was like my heart was pumping and she's like technically your adrenal glands were secreting and he's like remember last session where we talked about the correcting and how it can be read the wrong way and she's like yes so she tries to like level with him and it's like so how did it feel when you won the sword and he's like awesome thank you so much for asking (laughs) (laughs) which reminded me of Vincent Nigel Mary like two or three episodes ago when he says how you can type with the left hand a certain number of words and the and Angela's like how many with the right he's like thank you so much for asking (laughs) (laughs) and then in the largest turn of irony says I'll be happy to be back behind my desk because I've had enough excitement, dot, 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 but doesn't finish that sentence because a whole ass car crashes into them from the driver's side and they skid down the hill. And I remember watching this the first time and being like, oh my God, 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 what's happening? (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of shows that telegraph when someone's about to get like T-boned. And this one was pretty good. I feel like you don't necessarily expect it. Oh, was fully expecting it. Not at all. <laughs> it felt <laughs> telegraphed. I saw it coming a mile away. Especially because he was wearing a red shirt. Oh, the Trekkie and you figured it out. <laughs> I was like, oh no, something's going to happen to him. And they're driving. He's talking about how excited he is. And I'm like, mm, it's, it's going to happen any second now. When I was 19, I did not see that coming. Did you get it by a car when you were 19? No, like I didn't see when I was watching it when I was 19. (laughs) Shooketh. I didn't see it coming when I saw it today. Oh, did you also get hit by a car today? Sorry. (laughs) Bad joke. God bless no. No. Everyone knock on some wood. Um, But yeah, so they like go down the hill. Um, A black knight gets out of the other car, comes down and punches the glass and steals the sword from the back seat sweets is totally out but bones is able to get up and out of the car and just like shouts at the night to stop <laughs> i also wrote bones brought fists to a sword fight <laughs> <laughs> she was like slapping that sword out of the way all the moves yeah she did it Big time. i mean she won <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like i would yeah. be like oh it's gonna cut my hand <laughs> she, well, she knew that the blade was dull it wasn't still, still those things are heavy yeah. oh yeah no it'll fuck you up yeah mm-hmm. a dull edge will just break your bone <laughs> mm-hmm. instead yeah, of slicing just, through them she just slaps it which i think is amazing and she manages yeah. to get it back from because she like hooks it under her arm at one point too and like gets it back from him and then mm-hmm. knocks it o- knocks him over the head with it a few good times and he runs off there's one point where she kind of like cocks her elbow back and he has that like mailbox like slit in his um mm-hmm. mask and i was like she's gonna jam it into his eyeball <laughs> like that's what it looks like she's gonna do <laughs> but she yeah get, 
if it was if it was game of thrones it was going right through that eye hole mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. bones he just kind of gets knocked on the head and runs away <laughs> with the exception of pam we usually don't endorse uh bones killing the actual suspects yeah <laughs> i'll never forget you pam pam noonan not pam noonan's neck shot we'll never forget you <laughs> <laughs> Was the the fact that the Black Knight was the guy, like the killer dude at the end, was this like purposeful misdirection where both he and a different Black Knight were at the auction? I think yes, because we see how Parada interviews like Mm. a bunch of them. So you're like, oh, we don't know which Black Knight it is because there's more than one. I I thought they were two different people because... They were both in attendance at this auction. Right. But yeah. But yeah, she gets the sword back and she goes to make sure Sweets is okay. He picks up his head for like a second and just says mad props and then passes out again on the wheel. We go back to Girdle Booth and our amazing phone call boxes. He's like, I'm coming in. You could have died. He's like, I might not be moving as fast but I'm on my way. And she's like, no, because as he's saying all of this, he's slowly getting closer and closer to the ground. Like he can't even stand up. She's like, I'm fine. Sweets is fine. He's a little shaken up, but he's fine. And you need to stay at home. And he sort of agrees because he can't really make it up off of the floor. <laughs> and then he asks Bones to put on uh, Prada. She passes the phone and he lays down um, and then says like, the only reason I'm not coming in right now is because Bones told me not to. And that she is her responsibility. Nothing can happen to her. And then he starts getting like a little more loopy. And he's like, nothing can happen to her or her silky black hair or her soft skin. <laughs> he's just like, what? And brought black up like, hair? I know, right? That's what makes me think like, what do you mean black hair? It is chestnut as, day, as the day is long. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Like, I know that he's supposed to be high, but he wouldn't make a mistake, I don't think. No, you'd be telling, you'd be like speaking the truth. Right. Yeah. It's weird. Loopy. Black hair? No. 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 Not even close. But Parada's like, don't worry. I won't let anything happen to Dr. Brennan. And then he puts a bowling pin under his head, which I was like, that has to be the least comfortable thing. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Not when you have like a spinal issue. <laughs> Not good. Um, but Prada says she's going to go and round up as many Black Knights as she can find and question them and tells Bones to stay put. And Bones says, I don't need a babysitter. Booth is needlessly protective sometimes. And she's like, I have no idea why. And Prada like looks at her questioningly and is like, you really don't, do you? And Bones is like, no. <laughs> she's just like, please. And everyone's like, why do you think dumb, dumb? I don't know why, like, after this conversation with Parada, like, she still brought the chili. This is my question! Like, you should have gotten the hint here, right there, that, like, oh. he's not into, he he's into Bones, like, that's really where his heart is. Right. But same thing what we said before, though, maybe because she is so oblivious, she's like, well, she's not into it, so let me just shoot my shot around this woman. Yeah. Yeah, I can capitalize on his unfulfilled desires yeah and maybe he fill, just needs fill like a, a void yeah a shoulder to cry on you know what i mean <laughs> never works yeah 
but she's maybe I don't know. We haven't tried Parada's chili. Maybe it's really good and it works True. for her. <laughs> a lot of chili is great. If Zoni brought me chili, I would be very happy. I would be ecstatic. I'd, I'd be fine with it. It's just an odd. I don't think of it as being a romantic food. <laughs> no. I think it's just no. like he's sick. So, you know, it's either chicken noodle or chili. Yeah. Uh, it's warm. <laughs> it is warm. Maybe like a hearty stew might be better. <laughs> Maybe some beef bourguignon, you know? Like what did little... she get? Yeah, because Bones gets him soup from Mama when he has his concussion mm-hmm. and fire in the ice. So, but she got him soup from his favorite place. She didn't make it. She, which is- she gets voluntold to go get him soup. That's true. That's true. But Parada wasn't at ice skating night. Bones was. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, she that yeah, when she's like, you really don't get it, still brings him jelly. Then we have this weird small scene where Hodgins and Angela um are together. He's analyzing the paint from the car that hit Bones and Sweets. And she's all worried that Bones is risking too much by being out in the field. Um, and everything that's going on and Hodgins is like, you can't change her, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, um, you know, they could have died. And he's like, yeah, but they're okay. And she's like, sweets is too young to be caught up in all of this. Everyone's like, so worried that sweets all the time is like a kid, but he's not, he's like a full fledged adult. <laughs> well, you're not full fledged, but he's an adult. Well, yeah, we, we got interest- introduced to him at 24. He's like 26 now. Yeah. Things that's a big change. 24 <laughs> to 26. Yeah, I mean, all of them, I guess when the show started, all of them were in their like late 20s, early 30s. So it's like, he's not that much younger than you, but they're always like, he's a no. baby. <laughs> but then they have this weird moment where she says, oh, I wish, you know, Brennan would just get her rocks off with sex like everyone else. And Hodgins has like a Hodgins ass moment where he's like, well, in the guise of friendship, if you ever blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, yeah, and here in the music cue, the music cue is like, they're getting flirty again mm-hmm. and i was like i thought we put the storyline to bed it should very me very much be put to bed and <laughs> like filed away where you can't open it again or opposite of put to bed don't go to bed <laughs> yeah. or stay like, away go from to bed, bed and that you go to sleep go to an ice rink and stay awake for 24 hours <laughs> with yeah. a disco ball <laughs> um no but the music was like telling me of like jaunty think things are flirty between them again um <laughs> like they're gonna start like the, the relationship is gonna start back up again is what i got hinted at there mm. <laughs> yeah so they have Maybe. that little moment but he gets not. saved saved by the beep because his machine beeps and she like rolls her eyes uh, he says oh the car is an early 90s ford explorer so they need to check which night um drives that what happened to Angela's girlfriend? Roxy? Roxy. Yeah. Roxy. Uh, I know the last time she still they lives referenced in the Bones her. universe somewhere. <laughs> the last time they referenced her, she they were still dating. Yeah. But I don't know if they still are or not. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. I, I'll tell you enough to know that you will at some point know what's going on with Roxy. 
Okay, cool. <laughs> I like okay. that. It's okay. not just it's not a drop storyline. I will say that. Great. Got it. Um, so now there's blood on the blade, which is good because then they can pick, can compare that DNA wise if they can get a sample from one of the knights. There are also fresh nicks on the blade that Bones says, like, oh, that could have only been made by metal. Um, this is the second time this episode where the first one was they they couldn't figure out. Oh, I forget what the first one was. Um, they couldn't figure something out that was like super obvious earlier in this episode. Um, but now they're like, oh, what was like jingling? And I was like, none of you could have thought of chain mail earlier than this. <laughs> like, That's what I was thinking yeah. too. You idiots. Y'all are nerds. <laughs> Y'all know what chain mail is. They were, that was what went through my head, my head like first when they were like, was he wearing armor? And I was like, yes, he was wearing chain mail because I saw it with my eyes yeah. when I was watching the, the episode. And they were like, no. And I was, it made me double take like, what the fuck do you mean no you know what excalibur is but you don't know what chainmail is no. yeah yeah because they, they, were, they were wearing this jangly metal thing but it wasn't armor cam even asked about like oh did he have change in his pocket and i was like no <laughs> it's clear you came so mail. close to saying the word chainmail but you said change yeah <laughs> So she like literally walks away and goes like, hmm, I'll ask Hodgins and have him look into it. And I was like, it's chain mail. <laughs> How are you not figuring that out? I think they've never seen a knight before. Come on. Right? You like, work, that's you like work in a museum. Uniform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go to the, an exhibit like 200 go feet to, away. Hodgins, Angela, go back to where you used to have sex. No, I mean, don't that go was there. The Egyptian we can't room. be dealing with this anymore. That was Egyptian. <laughs> that was Egyptian. <laughs> I'm, all I'm saying is I'm sure there were many exhibits in there. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. I'm sure in a back corner, there was some chain mail. Um, so yeah, Cam literally goes to ask Hodgins about it. And I was like, guys. Um, but then we have this really cute scene with Sweets and Bones where he like thanks her for saving his life. And she's like, it was no big deal. You would have done the same for me. Um if she was the one trapped, I got to say Bones, not very lucky in cars, got buried alive in one. Her and Booth got blown up in one by Gormagon, where it like totally flipped over. Now she gets like crushed in this one. It's like, yikes. Um, he says that she was very impressive and Xena-ish. And she's like, thank you, I think. And he has this like weird moment of like saying it's a fantasy that I didn't like. I was like, no, 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 sweets. <laughs> let's let's about face from from that uh he but then he asked her like oh since we shared this brush with death could i also call you bones in moments of camaraderie and she's like don't call me bones and he's like are you sure about that bones and she's like no please yes call. don't call me it it does sound weird coming from anybody but booth like calling her bones does hodgins not say it Mm -mm. He calls her Dr. B or Brennan. Mm. Does not call her Bones. Yes, I didn't notice till now. The mm. only other person who does, and I don't know if they've done it yet, um, is Parker. Parker's the only other person that calls her Bones. Mm. Or like Dr. Bones. <laughs> mm. But it's like his dad's nickname for her. Not mom. So it makes sense. <laughs> not mom. <laughs> he has mom. <laughs> I know, I know. Rebecca. The list of people that are like having near death experiences with bones is 
growing way too fast. It's enough to make you start thinking she might be the the common denominator. Maybe we shouldn't be hanging out with her outside of work. That was always my favorite, like early meme, like internet meme. Was um, have you guys ever seen the the show Murder She Wrote with Angela Lansbury? (laughs) (laughs) No, No, but I am aware of it. It's so good, and they her name is Mrs. Fletcher. And all these things happen where she's like a crime writer and um, crime just follows her everywhere she goes. Exactly. Everyone's like, if you see Mrs. Fletcher, get the fuck out of town because someone's going to (laughs) die. So like you never want to go where she is. It Honestly, yeah. It's like, um, I guess every crime show, but for some reason, somebody like made a point about it on murder. She wrote, I think it's because it was like an a late 80s early 90s show and it was just funny because it was Angela Lansbury and a lot of that show is about like tea and cake and then somebody dying <laughs> and then her Nancy <laughs> drooling around <laughs> uh, what a good show but yeah it's like that it's like uh oh stay away from them because some bad's gonna happen um but then we go back to Parada this is when she has all the nights um at the FBI that she could find and they all have alibis best part of this scene is when she tells Cam that being addressed as milady for two hours <laughs> makes somebody cranky and then she walks back into the room and of course they all like bow and are like milady <laughs> have you ever seen that TikTok where the guy just keeps saying it over and over and over milady milady do you know what I'm talking about <laughs> no. no not at all I don't I'll find watch it. it I'm so glad that hasn't shut up on my yeah screen. too late <laughs> It's getting sent to you after this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we go back to the uh, Jeffersonian. Mr. Fisher comes through with this like crazy looking thing and says like, this is the murder weapon. And it's called the pair of anguish. And he's like, Valerie had it. (laughs) And Cam is like, Valerie, what Valerie? He's like, oh, Valerie Daniels. And she's like, you mean the suspect? (laughs) She's like, how did you get this? And he's like, Ooh, do we have to get into that? And Cam's like, well, now we do. <laughs> oh no, Fisher. Oh no. She was so ready to fire him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he slapped with a suspect. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> Although he does figure out the murder weapon as a result. He did. And um, Hodgins tries to help him out with that later. But in this episode, yeah. in- in this scene, he like demonstrates with a clay skull how it would have been used to kill Kendra, and it's like truly awful. One of it's the worst really ones. Horrifying. Oh, like terrible. That. Also, that going anywhere else, also terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Mainly because it started really big. <laughs> I can't imagine. And then only spread out, equidistant. <laughs> nope. Yeah. That's like the opposite direction of where that should go. Mm. So that's the pair. Yeah. Yeah. The rest is the anguish. (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. Um, But she's like, you're in big trouble. And then we have Hodgins, Cam, and Bones up on the forensics platform, still going over the sword and like, what could have made these marks? And Fisher is basically in timeout in the corner. And he's the one who finally says chainmail. And I was like, this took way too long for one of you to figure that out. Um, I will say in the bloopers, um, Cam saying, the only thing I want to hear from you, Mr. Fisher, is I tender my resignation. Um, 
was very difficult for her to get out. <laughs> okay, so then Bones picks up the sword and Kim and Hodgins have to like duck out of her way twice. And then she says that whoever attacked her would have been well-versed in real medieval martial arts and was wearing chain mail and she was like Hodgins we need your metal detector again and she walks off and Cam's like uh she means right now and he's like great field trip so they go back to the crash site and she finds pieces of the chain mail on the ground that she dislodged when she hit him with the sword um which I think is gonna like help them because she picked it up and they can then look at the manufacturer so they take that back to the Jeffersonian and they realize it's also historically accurate this is where Hodgins tries to like help Fisher. He's like, oh, I gave him the task of finding out who could have made it. And then he like begs for his job and he's like, I will never have sex again at all ever with anyone if it means that I can keep <laughs> my job. Yeah, he's quite proficient on his own. <laughs> uh, and of course, when they look at the results, it's like Peter Croon, like huge photo of him being me one of the people who could make it so clearly that's who it is so he was like a serious historian at Yale and Oxford and they have like basically all the evidence in the world that it was him <laughs> including like the car matches his blood was on the sword he has an injury that matches his fight with bones the chain mail and they're like we just want to know why <laughs> at this point um and we swing through the mirror to see sweets in the observation room and he says like I know why he did it and reads off some of his like poems back to him, like through Bones's earpiece. Poems he theoretically wrote years ago. Right. When he was still a I don't scholar. Know, more a scholar. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where did they get those that fast? But all right. Um, and so he goes on this whole rant about how he loved Kendra. And then Parada, like, fills in the blanks, was like, oh, so you just like gave her the sword, basically your most prized possession. And then she was like, the moment you gave it to her, she was just going to go sell it for rent it was money. Some, it was symbolic. I I gave her my sword. Uh, yeah. Gross. And she just threw it away. Sold it for money. <laughs> and then he just like yells about true love and how no one understands it anymore. So we don't really get like a full recount of like what happened. Not a great point because he killed her. Yeah. Right. Uh, he killed her because he loved her too much. Mm. No, you killed her because she was like devaluing your sword or whatever. Rejected and didn't love it. you back. Yeah. Yeah, totally did not. Nice guy. Nice guy syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so he did it. We don't get much of an explanation, but he did it. Um, back at Booth, Bones is there to tell him how the case ended, and but she's also looking at his x-rays. I gotta say, Throughout these last few scenes, she was wearing this like red and yellow jacket that was like sort of plaid mm -hmm. and then like a red shirt under it. I, I want that jacket, that like plaid red blazer. That was very nice. Yeah. I'm into it. And she had like, like a perfect curl. <laughs> she really did. It like perfectly curled away from her face. Mm -hmm. I was like, good job, hair department. Yeah looked nice um she's looking at his x-rays she says she's glad that we've all moved out of the age of chivalry and all the medieval stuff and into the age of reason booth of course is like chivalry isn't that bad and then starts listing off random things like holding the car door open and then killing dragons and she's like are you still on Viking? and he's like yep 
maybe he shouldn't be as much on it. Oh. At what point is this past pain management and got into <laughs> abuse? Uh-oh, we know he has that gambling addiction. Not addiction good, Addiction has a major genetic component. His father was an alcoholic. Not good. I mean, he's fine. That does not matter. I know. I know, I know, I know <laughs> I'll I know. let you know that. <laughs> I felt um, like, I, I feel like for a while there, I mean, this, it wouldn't be in 2009, but maybe by like 2012 or 2013 or so there, there's like every show has to have like a, uh, uh, an opioid yeah. uh, storyline of like one of the cops you love and trust all of a sudden. Uh-oh. That happened not, not then, but like recently not to bring up law and order SVU again, but like two seasons ago in a couple of episodes, like Olivia had, um, like glasses of wine when she got home and everyone was like if they start <laughs> trying to tell us that the oh, olivia no. benson is going to become an alcoholic like her mother get out <laughs> i will not stand for that no <laughs> but it didn't happen did not happen <laughs> so okay, everyone's like good. <laughs> um so she's looking um she's trying to explain to him that he's been misdiagnosed and she can actually fi- fix his back if he would like like a different readjustment. He's like, no, 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 no. And she looks down at him and like really sadly says, don't you trust me? And you're like, oh, and he's like, oh, let's not make it about trust. And then of course he gets up because he's going to let her do it. <laughs> so they start doing their weird behind the shoulder thing and there's knock at the door and he's like, it's open. And Bones does the adjustment. And of course, Parada walks in with her fucking chili. <laughs> the chili incident. The chili incident of 2009. Uh, <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> this one. <laughs> but I do like that they just like randomly go back and forth of like, no, 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 you can stay. I'm going to go. And then they're like, no, no, no. I have to go. And so they do that back and forth the whole time. And then they both leave. And then Booth is still standing there because he's afraid to move. He's like, so no one's staying. So he's just like, can't move. He's all like a statue because he's afraid to take like one step that she has not realigned his like spine. Another note on the chili. Um, <laughs> can we evaluate the receptacle that she brought it over in? Brown paper it's bag. a brown paper bag that is stapled at the top. It, like it I only missing thing. Only missing a receipt to like. <laughs> yeah. Did she just pick it up on the way, or did she actually yeah. make it? She said it was homemade. I'm not. Was it? Was that? A, maybe no. was it? Maybe it was a joke. Like I brought over some of my famous homemade chili, and it's like a mm, hearty har har. Make chili like it's coming in either like a crock pot that you bring with you, like you drop off, <laughs> yeah. or you bring in Tupperware. Yeah, yeah, that was from yeah. the diner for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I was I was thinking like the only places you can even get chilies nowadays are Wendy's and that's it. Like if, if not homemade. Right, yeah, or like a deli or like the diner, probably. Yeah, the diner no, might no, but you can't who has no. Nobody new, makes chili. A New Jersey diner would absolutely Out, outside of outside yeah, of Cincinnati. Yeah. And there we're talking skyline chili. No, a barbecue restaurant might have some, maybe. Yeah, it's for lunch label. Yeah, it is a yeah. random. It's a random food to choose. It really is. It's a hard thing to find for takeout. She yeah, definitely it, doesn't have a paper bag like that 
at home yeah. for her to transport that in. So it's right. That's why, like, it's unless us. you have children, you don't just have like. Do any of you have brown like brown paper bags like that? Not that size. No, unless it's, it's like huge. from yeah. something I got you, from takeout. Right. The only thing you could have in your house is like a sandwich bag, and right. that wasn't that. Like, you wouldn't have the the kind that you would pack up a Chinese food order costing thirty to forty dollars. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. That has like pallets in or it. like a hundred and forty dollars <laughs> if you get it on like Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Also, I feel like in previous episodes there's been like matzo ball soup or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's just like if you know anything about DC, it's that we have no good Italian or Jewish delis. And it is mm-hmm. one of our greatest shames as a city. True. Um, so like you're not finding matzo ball soup anywhere either. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't tell you where, if you wanted it right now, where you would get it. There's a good place in Fairfax, but that's in Fairfax. It's not in DC. Yeah. You're not getting that like on, on the way casually to your colleague's house. We like, we like just got good bagels within like the last five years. (laughs) Just got good pizza within the last like two years. Well, and the price we pay for our good bagels are that they're $12. Yeah. For a sand, is, like a bagel sandwich. It is nice. very sad. <laughs> I don't know why we haven't gotten bagels down. It's the water, man. It's not the water. It's not the, the water. water. It's the water. I mean, it's the the lack of institution built around it. That's true. Also true. I'll add oh, that on to a lot of bagel shops in DC, and a lot of them don't have good bagels. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's very true. The best bagel I've had in DC is at Bagels, etc. Hmm. In Dupont. I've never been there. Sounds good. It's okay. I mean, I feel like the go-to for people nowadays is call your mother. Yeah. Yeah. It's too salty for me. Bagel Cafe in Herndon is actually pretty good. Mm, Yeah, I need to go there. I remember you mentioning that. Brooklyn Bagel in Courthouse. It's cash only. So that's how you know it's delicious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Bagel Cafe in Herndon, is, their ordering system is chaotic, and that's also how you know it's good, I guess. Yeah. It's, yes. just, it's just like a madhouse to try You're to like, get. This business is poorly run. The food is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, you want me to start my order at one end, then go over to another and then pay, and then once it's my number's turn, then go back and then pick <laughs> the bagels that I want? Yikes, like, that does sound yeah, weird. It was weird. Uh, is the episode over? Are we going to IMDb? The episode is over. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. IMDb. Uh, there are only two ratings for this whole episode. Um, the, the overall episode got a rating of a 7.6 off of 881 reviews, but only two reviews, which is like like written reviews, which is not very many. Um, I'm going this person writes a pretty long one, um, so I'm only going to do a bit of it. Um, but they gave this one a 5 out of 10. But their name is, is Abner Kadabner. <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> that's wonderful uh, and they wrote it in 2014 um i can't say the princess and the pair is a peach of an episode so they didn't necessarily care for it um the title in case you haven't already guessed it is based upon the old fairy tale about the prince of the pea but but in this case a murder weapon is a medieval torture device the pair of anguish which is used by sexual deviance, which is uh, the thing to have on TV when kids are likely to be watching. Um, anyway, they go on about talking about how kids shouldn't see this. Um, uh, in this episode, they talk about Fisher. So Fisher, the rangy squint. Um, I don't know. That's a, I don't know if that's the adjective I would use to describe him. I would yeah. use depressed first, but rangy works as well. 
confesses to be a big fan of sci-fi and names all of the shows he likes. Strangely, he makes the rare mistake of mispronouncing Star Trek as he pronounces it Star Trek. Um, but I didn't catch that. Um, funny how nobody caught this mistake during filming. Although mistakes are common problem on this show, this episode had more than its normal allotment. <laughs> One of the oddities of this show is that the Bones is supposed to know is supposed to be a know-it-all who constantly corrects people in the smallest detail, even if she has no way of knowing if she is right, like on the existence of God, or when she apparently doesn't know what she's talking about. This particular episode has her doing a number of uh, doing this a number of times. At one point, she corrects the diagnosis of Booth's doctor. Um, her qualifications of being a forensic anthropologist doesn't mean that she can uh, correct the diagnosis of a med- medical specialist. Um, after she had successfully beat off an attacker, how does she know the proper fighting technique with a sword against an armored knight? Uh, Sweet says that my heart was pumping very fast. She replies, well, technically your adrenal glands were secreting. Um, of all of her pointless, stupid correctness she's ever made, this might be her dumbest. Um, then when Hodgins uh, asks if Bones thinks she was attacked by a real knight, she chides him saying that time travel is impossible. It actually isn't. Oh, but that's another story. <laughs> oh, well, let us know. Ab- yeah. Abracadabra or whatever their Ab- name Abner Cadabner. Yeah. <laughs> In this instance, she is not only wrong, but she looks foolish while doing so. And I want to know, I don't have anything more to review. This person's very um, uh, confrontational here. This is from 2014, so I don't feel bad like I were like dissing a... Is it really from 2014? Um, because they think time travel's real. So maybe... Oh, tr- shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Oh my God. They, the Abner Kadavner went back in time know. and wrote a review in 2014. <laughs> uh, Vampropologist uh, uh, gives this one an eight out of 10. I'm a geek. You're Greek? Um, not too much to say about this episode, except that the amount of B&B touch time is fantastic. Also, Booth on Viking is very fun, especially can't, when he can't work his phone and forgets Brennan's hair color. Um, love to see that Fisher is back, although him kind of screwing up the case by fraternizing with the subject is not so great. However, Cam's reaction seemed a bit extreme since Brennan did more or less the same thing in season two, and she barely batted an eyelid. Um, I, is she referring there to uh, uh, table lamps when she dated the... I guess that, or maybe um, Michael Styers. Or the guy that, that he was looking for his missing dad. Oh, the missing dad guy. Well, oops, Bones has done this a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, there, we got some choices. Um, anyway, the episode is quite fun um, as a whole, but it's definitely one of the more forgettable ones. Um, so yeah, I would agree. Not too much to say. Seems like the rest of IMDb did not have that much to say either. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, everyone was still thinking about if ghosts are, <laughs> or men- or brain trauma. Yeah, we're still <laughs> processing that one. <laughs> Uh, somebody had a really good theory today that not to talk about last week's episode, but they were, had a theory that, um, that it was booth projecting that it was a real person who was talking to bones, but booth projected because of his emotional state that it was still Teddy in the graveyard. So booth, so bones is talking to a completely different person who is not Teddy exactly like that it's just like when, a, another dude in like a to- in, in a uniform and, and so we're supposed to believe that when the camera flips back over to them talking that we are seeing it through booth's eyes and correct booth is watching yes and and like in his brain he has projected that this normal other person is teddy 
And so like, that's why he waves and whatever. And I was like, that is a very interesting theory on the ending of that episode. I like that theory. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Better than ghosts. Sure. Oh, no, I think it's just I like it because it gives us a third option besides ghost haunting and (laughs) like, well, I guess that technically falls under head trauma that he's projecting. Yeah. But it's him. But I thought that was interesting. Okay. Enough about last week. (laughs) We could probably talk about that forever. Music time. Okay. So the song that will be in the episode in Bones 1 um, is called The Calendar Hung Itself by Bright Eyes. This is the song that Fisher is singing to himself while they're all being super judgy and saying like, oh, he should be in on this uh, undercover operation because he will fit in with everyone. Um, And he sings a little bit of it out loud. Yeah, this is a Bright Eyes album that it's it's one of their earlier ones. It's super, super (laughs) emo and moody. Um, needless to say, I love it. Um, and it was a lot of what I listened to in college. (laughs) Felt very correct for, um, Fisher to be listening to it. Mm -hmm. It's great. So yeah, that will be the song. It's called the calendar hung itself by bright eyes and it will be in bones one. And the song we'll be adding to Bones 2 this week is Valerie by Amy Winehouse in honor of our uh, dark-haired beauty, our actual dark-haired lady, not Bones who <laughs> not has Brennan. black hair in this episode. <laughs> um, so yeah, shout out to uh, Fisher for finding the pair at uh, Valerie's house. <laughs> and it's just a really good song. And we couldn't think of anything else. So we're going with it. <laughs> Uh, so you can check out the po- the playlists on Apple Music and Spotify, and they will be updated with both of those songs. Hooray! <laughs> I like that choice because the, the Bones one choice is like a Fisher song. The Bones two choice is a Valerie song. Yeah, Star- star-crossed oh, lovers on the playlist. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I like that. I like it. Personal reviews. So I think this episode is funny. I like the mix up of that. Like Booth isn't the main investigator that we have Parada in like a little bit of a more leading investigatory role and how that disrupts. I feel like it disrupts everyone, but not in like a crazy amount. It's just kind of interesting how everyone now interacts um, with it, not being Booth, but Parada as their lead investigator. I agree with our reviewer. I think it's funny where he's just like a little bit loopy. I love the phone call scenes. I don't know why they chose to do them like that, but I very much enjoy it. Um, I like the case. I do think, I do wish there was like a little bit more information at the end when we figure out who it is. Cause like, we don't get the full kind of full confession or explanation of how the crime even really happened. Like, how did she end up in that sewer drain? We have no idea. Um, but I thought it was interesting. I liked, um, yeah, all the stuff with bones and Prada and the whole kind of, um, not necessarily love triangle, but they're, they're doing like a light love triangle thing right now, which I think is funny. Um, so we'll see how that works out, uh, in episodes to come 10 out of 10 for me. I don't know. I think this episode is just, I mean, I, I love bones. Let's just be very clear. I love all the episodes, but this one just feels like a little bit sloppy and half-hearted. So I just feel like they shouldn't be at a comic book convention. They should be at like a Renaissance festival. And it makes no sense that they decided it was like a comic con. And, 
the whole Parada storyline. I feel like I would have been so here for this episode if they had just gone a little bit harder on the love triangle, but they only went like halfway. And so it's not quite there for me. Um, plus I love Booth and there wasn't like a ton of Booth in this episode, except for when he was high on Vicodin, which is always great. Um, Loopy Booth is great. Um, so I think I'm going to give it like a six out of 10. It's like a fine episode. It's forgettable. Yeah. Um, I'm not, it was definitely a forgettable one. I will say this episode actually made me like Fisher. I kind of thought he was tolerable this on this one. He, he seemed funny. He was, you know, he, you know, he has a stick, he has a shtick, but it, it kind of worked here. I, I, I didn't hate him. Um, right. I, I liked it. I, I kind of liked his second appearance. Um, everything else for the episode though, I was not really a fan. I, I agree with what you said, uh, Taryn, like they, they couldn't decide if we were doing comic books or if we're doing, uh, like Ren Fair, uh, cause like all the blacksmith, uh, you know, like you wouldn't have a blacksmith shop at a comic book festival. You would have a blacksmith shop at renaissance fair though so what are we doing <laughs> and so and you, and you could have just done the whole episode there and nothing would have mattered like it would have not affected the plot at all so the fact you didn't yeah. do it is kind of like come on um i'm gonna give this one like a four out of ten um this is like a middle of the road episode pretty forgettable um i mean i fell asleep in the middle of it and then woke up and finish the rest so i think that goes as far as anything would to explain how i feel about this one um i think i love that we started with our hooligans and um <laughs> booth's ailment where our tropes are in full force so i love that i don't like how we're trying to make parada a thing so like her whole storyline of seeing if booth is interested and if that's like gonna be a thing like i think it's cute but um it's just another way to d continue to distract us from Bones and Booth just being a thing and having them confront their feelings for each other. So it just feels like um, she's like, if, if they want to bring her into the main cast, like, great, do it. But this is a little bit half-hearted, I think. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I, I mean, this was a, this was a fine episode. I don't think it was a bad one. Um, but it was a little bit boring. So I'll give it a five out of 10, just right down the middle. Yeah, I feel like we were, we read so high from last week of like the grave diggers back. There's like all this stuff happening, ghosts, like da 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 da. And then this one's just like, do 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 do. Fine. Yeah. I, I do also um, think it's funny how like they bring Fisher into this one um so I'm glad I, I like when they use like the weird idiosyncrasies of the squint turns in the plot well so I appreciate yeah. that about this one they're definitely better integrated into the story like it makes sense why they brought Fisher into this one yeah but it doesn't make me like him anymore he's just he's still really annoying <laughs> <laughs> love it okay so next week the episode is called the bones that foam. Ooh. <laughs> Both of you just uh, gave a face. <laughs> um, it's the very bones descriptive. That foam. Mm, that foam. That. I foam. feel. All right. So if it wasn't that foam, I would think like sea foam. Um, 
but and like you know they found it in the ocean it's like oh there it's in the foam of i don't know whatever um but because it's the bones that foam i think that we're going to have experiment time um and I, like there'll be some experiment time they're going to do some sort of test and a chemical reaction is going to cause the bones to or like the bones to you know kind of start disintegrating and that's kind of like be a big clue for like well the only thing that could have caused this would be exposure to xyz and xyz is only in this small two by ten square foot place in the world uh so and that's right in the murderer's apartment and therefore um it's got to be so and so um so i think you're gonna get some magical evidence like that that like all of a sudden, because of the foaming of the bones, it's going to like give us a really narrow geographic window of where something could have happened. It's going to help us out. Um, interns to come back. Old guy's the only guy who hasn't come back at this point. So it's got to be old guy. Nice. Um, Great guess. The only thing I can think about with the bone that foams is like when they have like super dense but not or, or like like a lot of holes in the bones mm-hmm. like the graft in the girl like she had really mm-hmm. she, cancer bones the yeah. opposite of like really dense bones is yeah um and that's all i'm going to say about the case because like that's not a lot of information to go off of the really <laughs> fun stuff though i want daisy to come back as not the squintern but like squintern in spirit because she was fired but like her and sweets, we need to pick up whatever that is. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I think that's it. That's What's our intro? Guess. What's our intro? Great question. Gonna have a class one. We're we're <laughs> the, the the show picks up. Bone booth is on the toilet. Just like ah, oh, too much chili. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Oh God. <laughs> And then Parada's like from the other room because oh they spent the night together. That's what like, I do for like what's a that? Couple Are you okay? Sleeping with each other. Hmm. I would think it would be funny to come back and Booth still hasn't moved because he's scared to like take a step. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say okay, we're gonna start with a couple that's sleeping with each other, and the couple is Sweets and Daisy. Oh, okay. all right combining guesses i love it mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's sweets and daisy focus but they are who discovers <laughs> the remains of the week love it yeah love that. great guesses so yeah that's a oddly specific one when it comes to description of what happens to the body um, so we'll see what happens next week with the bones that foam. We just got finished going over season four, episode 15, the princess and the pair. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers, our patrons want to give a shout out specifically to a patron named Michelle, um, because she let us know that, um, I'm terrible at this. And miss some people. So Michelle, thank you so much for being a patron and for giving us a heads up. If you have also not heard your name in our patron section, please let me know like Michelle did. Um, and we'll make sure that you guys get the shout out because <laughs> sometimes I just can't read. Uh, so thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you for the heads up. We really, really appreciate that. And for uh, being a patron, if you guys want to join the Patreon, we have links to that. Um, 
in our Twitter, it's at the bones booth. If you want to send us an email, it's the bones booth at gmail.com. Um, we're do- always doing stuff. Thank you guys so much for your emails. We got like a couple really nice ones this week. Um, you guys rule. Thank you so much for that. Rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, if you can, we always really appreciate that as well. And we'll be back next week to see if, uh, you know, we got some sweets and daisy action or if old guy is back and why those bones are foaming. Mm-hmm.